Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Heart of Markness podcast. Tonight's topic is... I went back to 1969 for this one, although I was sorely tempted um, by September 3rd, 1971. In the Discord that I'm in, um, the youths were discussing, you know, underrated shows and they, they... we're talking about how criminally underrated um, 9371 is. And I agreed with them. So I downloaded it and I was going to do it. But then I realized I, I've done, I mean, I've done, I've done quite a few 1971 shows. And, you know, what would it be? Heartbreaker, Communication Breakdown, Whole lot of Love Always. And um, I wanted to jump back a little because um, there's there's been some calls for 75 shows. There's been some calls for 77 shows, and I I will do them. I will swing the pendulum back that way again. But uh, I needed some some hungry young Zeppelin, and uh, especially after the passing of Eddie Van Halen, holy smokes. That came out of the blue. I mean, somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew he had had cancer for, for years. I didn't realize it was in his lungs. Um, and not being a Van Halen fan, you know, I hadn't been keeping abreast of it. So it was just like on Twitter. It's like, la, 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 la. What? Hence the uh, Eddie Van Halen rambling Eddie Van Halen uh, tribute I did last night. Because even as a non fan they still impacted my life he still impacted my life you know it's the soundtrack of my teenage years uh and many of you too since my demographic is is pretty much peer related uh some of you are older some of you are younger most of you seem to be about my age the age of the trans am of the firebird of the camaro Driving around, cranking tunes on the cassette player, and, uh, you know, driving around cruising, looking for something to do. So, if you haven't heard the Van Halen thing I did last night, there's some great tracks that I played from a 1978 set of their first tour of England, where they were opening for Black Sabbath, and much like Led Zeppelin, they smoked and destroyed this the act the main act they 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 blew sabbath off the stage and um which leads us into segue segue led zeppelin's second u.s tour of which this show which is april 26th 1969 san francisco at the winterland and uh, bill graham's winterland and i've covered the, the 27th long long time ago and the 26th, just the night before, is um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Louis, Louis Ray, or Louis Ray, who is the uh, archivist of Zeppelin tapes, and he writes the, the Led Zeppelin tape books uh, that I rely on. I have my old paperback copy from, shit, I don't know, 30 years ago. That's dog-eared, and, and the cover's peeling off. And um, I have the fourth edition as well which is the newer edition. And and he pretty much nails it. On this second U.S. tour, I mean, this is April. Led Zeppelin first started touring, for all intents and purposes, in the States in January of 69. Yes, they played New Year's Eve and they played December 30th, but let's just fold it in for the sake of argument and for the elegance of the comparison. Um, say they started in January as an unknown opening act whose only draw is that it was a band with the last guitarist that the Yardbirds had and they went from uh, opening for Iron Butterfly Vanilla Fudge, The Doors, etc and blowing them off the stage much like Van Halen would do 10 years later to in a mere 3 months 4 months four months headlining and often with no opening act 
already just in that three months from a brand new never heard of these guys holy shit i went to go see vanilla fudge and this opening act was fucking crazy i think they were called the lead zipline and boom zeppelin one's released they're relentlessly touring relentlessly touring and uh word of mouth became word of ear as they were played on the radio became instant fan base just like you could hear on the Van Halen thing last night where they come out and David Lee Roth is like, hey there, this is our first tour of England. You don't know us. We are Van Halen. And then they boom, they win the crowd over because they're playing Ain't Talking About Love and um, Running With The Devil and all this stuff perfectly. And the crowd is eating it up and in his own way david lee roth was a master of the crowd not on the same wavelength as robert plant but um, it's a comparable story in as much as coming out of the gates hot and be- being instant stars it's not like oh by their third album they had garnered quite a fan base and started to really fill arenas no led zeppelin boom Hey, we're opening for Iron Butterfly. Four months later, hey, we're playing the same venue as Iron Butterfly, headlining with no opener. Brilliant. This is um, the beginning of the Les Paul age, uh, era. Uh, Jimmy was transitioning from the Telecaster. My understanding is he got the his Les Paul, the 59 Les Paul that he bought from Joe Walsh, then of the James Gang. In either he bought it in April of 69 or he started using it in April of 69. But in any case, this is kind of the uh, the zenith of the psychedelic Led Zeppelin. The Led Zeppelin of the 60s. Moving into the 70s rapidly. Defining the 70s in many ways. In the way that Van Halen in many ways defined the 80s with the spandex and the neon colors and the jumping around and the fi- you know it's it's there's a lot of comparisons there um aside from the fact that all four members of Zeppelin were virtuosos and uh Eddie was brilliant and the rest of the band were famous and good and good really good but not virtuoso not of the level of Zeppelin obviously <sighs> all right i got to get off of Van Halen because it's a Zeppelin show one interesting thing about this show, aside from the fact that every track they play at this show is brilliant, there's no duds. Um, aside from that, it is the first live performance of Whole Lot of Love, or at least the first live performance of Whole Lot of Love of which we are aware. They may have played it at other dates. Doubtful, but possible, because we don't have every Led Zeppelin concert recorded, tragically. But uh, this is its first appearance. And just for that, it's worth hearing. And, uh, all right. Well, I'm trying to not ramble for 15 minutes, as I always do. So I'm going to nip this in the bud. And uh, here is the set list. You will be able to download this for free at heartofmarkness.com because I got to download it for free. Why shouldn't you? Here is the set list in case you're interested because I'm obviously not going to play all these songs. There's two sets. They open with Communication Breakdown right into I Can't Quit You into a very long, especially for the time, Dazed and Confused with an interesting placement of the theremin. The theremin is at the end of the song. It's very neat. You should hear it. I'm not playing it because it's very long and I don't feel like it. Into You Shook Me. How many more times? Dun, 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 dun. Brilliant White Summer Black Mountainside. Set 2 opens up with Killing Floor, which morphs into Lemon Song uh, down a few months down the road. Babe, I'm going to leave you. Pat's Delight, which is what uh, John Bonham's drum solo was called before Moby Dick was created as long as i have you which is bonkers and i'm not playing that because i played that song um 
from the 27th the next night on the last on the podcast when I did that and I've played one other version of that uh in another 69 show and and I don't want to I'm trying to to diversify the playlist because you can download these and hear them yourself so and then of course the first uh suspected probably the first ever live performance of whole lot of love and definitely the first live recording we have of whole lot of love I am using Dadgad's brilliant remaster, revision three of the remaster, and the lineage's first generation tape to VHS, to DAT, to CD, to your ears. Now VHS, if you're, you're like, what the fuck? The reason it's VHS is if you remember back in the 80s um, when VHS Hi-Fi came out, there was briefly stereo VHS, which had horrible sound quality because it, it split the basic mono track, which was already like an eighth of an inch of the tape at the bottom, split it in two and used stereo, made stereo tracks out of that. So the fidelity was garbage. Shortly thereafter, somewhere in like 1984, maybe, VHS Hi-Fi appeared where... Um, a VHS head, here, I'm going to waste time because I'm already at 11 minutes, but I want to explain this. Um, the VHS tape head was a giant spinning head that would read the tape diagonally, like at a 45 degree angle. The reason it did that is if you had a tape that was, say, an inch wide, inch and a half wide, I can't remember how long they were, let's say an inch. By, by having it diagonal, you have the surface area of the recording uh, increased because it's it's diagonal so it would, it, you would have maybe an inch and a half of space to record and have that much more room for information and data helical head helical head i think is what it was called and um what they did for the hi-fi is underneath on a layer underneath the video or maybe at a different in a different frequency range so it didn't affect the, the video. The sound was recorded and it had all that surface area on which to occupy. So the fidelity was incredible. The fidelity was incredible. Um, it rivaled the best reel-to-reels. I mean, the best consumer, not like the top shelf studio shit. But it was excellent, excellent, excellent excellent sound quality and it was not uncommon at all for people to record audio on the vhs hi-fi because of that the fidelity was incredible and it was used for trading and things because it was a very accessible every almost every home had a vhs and lots of people had hi-fi vhs's even if they still played them through their shitty tv speakers so as such you had a high fidelity audio component in your house almost by default so that's why the vhs lineage is in there and it was very common for tape traders in the 80s to use before the, the, the digital audio tape, you know, had its ascendance. All right. Hey, look at that. I wasted 13 and a half minutes. Well, I didn't waste it because I think I imparted some knowledge on you. All right. Let's jump in here. We're going to go straight to uh, I Can't Quit You because I feel like some blues tonight. And again, this is the Winterland Ballroom, San Francisco. April 26th, 1969, from the mighty Led Zeppelin. Here we go.
That's seven and a half months away from the Royal Albert Hall gig that's on the DVD. And it's just incredible. It's also four months after their initial, I think it was January 5th, was the first soundboard recording. We, we covered that one. They sounded a little tentative back then. No, tentative isn't the right word. Um, a little... The visual image I have is um, one of those giant cars that in, in, in or trucks that's in India or Pakistan on those mountain passes that are just exactly as wide as the wheelbase of the truck. And there's 7,000 people in the truck and 7,000 people on top of the truck. And the truck's going around this corner, you know, 7,000 feet above this ravine. And it, it, it rounds the corner, goes up on two wheels for a second. That's how Led Zeppelin sounds to me when they came out in January. They were a little wild, a little unrestrained, and uh, Robert Plant especially. But now, just four months later, they're, they're Led Zeppelin. They're Led Zeppelin. They've got the tightness. I mean, they ratchet it up as time goes on. But holy shit, this is Led Zeppelin. And it is great. Man, I, I, I hope you hear, do you hear what I hear? You know, if nothing else, if nothing else, you can enjoy the music, even if you don't, you know, uh, take value from my ramblings. And, and I wouldn't blame you because many of you already know this stuff. There's plenty of you who, who talk to me that are like, oh, I haven't heard this in a while. I haven't listened to this in years, but you gave me a fresh perspective, which is brilliant, which um, makes me very, very happy. But, you know, if you're not into the babble about the where, you know, the where's, the when's, the why's, the context, that that's cool. You can always fast forward to the music. I will not take it personally. Um, I will hunt you down, but I, I will not take it. won't be personal. Just business. Just business. All right, we have I Can't Quit You Out of the Way. Great song from Willie Dixon, as are many of the Led Zeppelin blues numbers, like You Shook Me, and Whole Lot of Love, even. If you haven't heard Willie Dixon's Whole Lot of Love, or not Willie Dixon, I guess it was Muddy Waters. Shit, I can't remember. What the hell? I'm just getting old, I guess. Um, I think Muddy Waters did You Need Love, which is... You know, uh, you need cooling. I'm not fooling. Somebody send y'all back to schooling. Way down inside. Woman, you need love. You should listen to it. It's really cool. And, you know, you can find them on those YouTubes of like songs Led Zeppelin stole. And they start with the ones that Led Zeppelin really did rip off because they did it. Basically, it was uh, they had motive, they had means, they had opportunity, so they did it. And they, being primarily Jimmy Page and Peter Grant. 
savvy businessmen of that era made a ton of money off it and ethics methics it's it's the music business um but i don't hold i mean i separate the art from the artist because you have to or else you'd end up listening to just amy grant all day long <laughs> sarah mclaughlin and uh that's not my bag baby it's not my bag so let us move ahead I am going to play for you, Killing Floor. This is a good one. It starts off real scary and evil, and it's darker, and I don't know. You're going to like it. It's, I mean, you know the song. It, it, it contains the, the, the embryo of the Lemon song. And since it's blues, and since it's Led Zeppelin, it's going to be awesome. So let's listen to that, shall we? Killing Floor, Led Zeppelin. Again, this is April 26th, 1969 at the Winterland in San Francisco. Here we go.
Nice slide solo from Jimmy on the back end of that song. Man, and Jonesy. Jonesy made that song work. If that wasn't for that super, super tight, it's not even, I don't think it's a walking bass line because it's got some pop to it. Uh, what would it be? A dancing bass line. So good. And Bonzo right there. And you can hear it, you know, turning into the Lemon Song already and and hear the the ideas that are going to make it to the record because as uh, most of you know led zeppelin 2 was recorded on the road they would do gigs and then they would go into a studio in whatever town they were in and lay down some tracks and uh, i think that primarily uh was in may of 69 but you can hear them working out you know there there are licks riffs and runs on this version of Killing Floor that are in the Lemon Song. So it's fascinating to hear them working that out on stage. And, you know, it isn't a complete product yet because the audience did not lose it at the end. Because um, it ended a little abruptly. So it's neat to hear them working it out and still, um, you know, like a butterfly drying its wings. <laughs> you know, they're together. They're a solid band. They're an amazing band, but they get even better. To take that that level of performance and that level of charisma and that level of technique and then still hone that, polish it, and refine it until you get something just supernal. Something, something that's lasted 50 years. 51 years ago. That concert was 51 years ago. And, you know, we're still talking about it. Well, I'm talking about it. You're listening about it. So, they must have done something right. I say it almost every podcast, but what a band. Honestly. Honestly. My God. Well. I re- yeah, I really like that, that wah-wah slide Jimmy did, did at the end. And that beginning of the song... Before it got into down, 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 which I was never really a fan of that riff, but um, before that, it, it, it was nasty. It was dark. It was evil. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Alrighty, I am going to play for you, my friends. What is probably the first ever live performance of "Whole Lot of Love"? It is cool. And uh, in lieu of a theremin solo, you know, the funky theremin part, Jimmy does uh, a funky psychedelic guitar solo. So it is pretty rad. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it's it's boom. It's a whole lot of love the instant you hear it. And the funny thing is, the people in the audience were like, play something from the album. You know, not literally, but, you know, they're like, play how many more times play communication breakdown play i can't quit you baby play baby i'm gonna leave you play dazed and confused and they already played most of those songs actually they already played all of those songs so it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy that these guys were kids were kids robert was still 20 years old i think bonzo had just turned 21 no, not even. Bonzo was still 20 years old. Jimmy Page and, and, and not Jimmy Page, Robert Plant and Bonzo were 20 years old. Jonesy was 23. And Jimmy was 25. 25 years old. Just old enough to rent a car. And they're headlining this amazing music that they already dominate and they're just they're like the Alexander the Great of rock bands they just conquered the entire world and uh, then went away died too young well isn't that melancholy I don't want to be melancholy this isn't a Smashing Pumpkins podcast ha 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 Alrighty, let's get to the first ever, probably, live performance of Whole Lot of Love 
by your favorite band and mine, Led Zeppelin. Here we go, friends. Enjoy.
Wasn't that something? Embryonic, but still a whole lot of love. Working it out, working it out, working it out on the stage. And the response that song got, first time ever anybody heard it. And the crowd loved it. Great way to end the show. Great way to end the second set. Really good stuff all around. Boy, oh boy, do I love that band. And so do you if you've listened this far. And if you love me and want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. Join my Facebook group at Heart of Markness or just Heart of Markness on Facebook. Bunch of good people there. Bunch of good people there. If, if you're um, interested in the Led Zeppelin live recordings in the live community and don't know, really know where to start and not the most tech savvy guy or girl and want to, um, you know, dip your toe in. It's a very friendly, welcoming place. I run a nice community. Actually, I don't even have to run it because everybody there is nice. So consider hanging out there. Uh, demographically, you're more likely to be on Facebook because you're more likely to be somebody in their fifties or sixties or late forties. And, uh, you know, consider it. It's a good place to hang out. It's a good place to get announcements. I drop the podcast there. I drop other stuff there now and again. And other people drop stuff too. So it is pretty cool. I am also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that I'm filling up slowly. I've got about two-thirds of the Led Zeppelin podcasts up. And when that's done, I'll work on the bonus episodes, etc. And uh, if you like what I do and you want to support what I do, you like the live music, You like the classic rock on the weekends, not necessarily Led Zeppelin on the weekends, but something different and still good. Uh, Consider becoming a patron of The Heart of Markness. And um, you can do so at patreon.com slash heartofmarkness. And I will read the names of the beautiful people, the titans upon whose shoulders rests The Heart of Markness podcast. So a laurel and hearty handshake and a thank you, thank you, thank you to Chris, Michael, Rob, Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, Peter, Mark, Other David, Bill, and Mimo. Thank you so, so much, friends. You allow me to do this. The, the patrons offset the cost of hosting the podcast on SoundCloud, of the cloud hosting on Mega, where I store the live shows that I share with you guys, the web hosting fee and the website fee, all this stuff patrons help with, and it really makes my life better uh, in, a, in a fundamental, tangible way, and I am forever grateful to them for allowing me and supporting me and believing in me. And it's just the best. And I've made friends with most of them. And I consider each one of them a friend already. And if you don't want to pay or can't pay, that's totally cool because this is a free podcast anyway. And the, the patrons get an extra podcast every month. And other than that, you are welcome to listen for free. As I said, I do this out of love. For the band, love for music, and for, um, at the time, there really weren't, you know, many, many podcasts of which I knew. There weren't, there was the Ramble On Radio podcast for Led Zeppelin, which was primarily a a news, um, a news podcast for Led Zeppelin news and Led Zeppelin related news. Very, very necessary, very, very needed, and very, very cool. But, um, at the time, there weren't you know, any of which I were aware, live Led Zeppelin podcasts where you could sit down at work, on your way to work, on your way home from work, working in the garage, mowing the lawn or whatever, listen to me ramble, and then hear some really cool music that you probably haven't heard before. And I want, you know, Led Zeppelin is a live band. The studio shit is great, but they are a live band. That's where they shine. That's why they're legendary. That's why they are gods. So I want to highlight that, you know, the virtuosity, the dynamics, everything that Jimmy talks about, the magic, the four minds, the synergy, the, the more than the sum of their parts. Da, 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 da. 
it's all legit it's all real and i am uh joining the ranks of those fine people who herald the name led zeppelin so thank you thank you for listening thank you for supporting me thank you for loving led zeppelin and keeping live music alive and uh in these very very interesting times i hope you are safe and sane and i hope you are kind to yourself and to others because that's the way this all gets better so thank you very much friends all the best to you and i will hopefully planning to talk to you this weekend with my classic rock podcast featuring whatever the latest mike millard master release is that happened that comes out usually around noon on saturday um i've been lately i've been spending time with my family friday and saturday so typically the podcast posts sunday from now on you know most of the time so if you don't see it saturday which i don't think you will you will see it sunday so thanks everybody enjoy and i'll talk to you soon <laughs>